Hi, I'm Gail from Europod. Before enjoying your podcast, allow me to say a few words about Europe Talks Back. In the third season of Europe Talks Back, I want to uncover the topics that matter or should matter to all of us. From gender to bodies and sex, digital to migration and urban landscapes, and everything in between. Rather than focusing on macro-level policies, let's zoom in and talk to the brave activists and volunteers with lived experience, who are working directly with marginalized communities to further equity, justice, and liberation for all. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thirteenth of January, 2022. It is the trial day. The Greek journalist Thodoris Chronoyanos wakes up very early and quite stressed. He's the defendant in a lawsuit against a large recycling company in Greece. But it is not just any company. In fact, at the court of first instance of Athens, Thodoris will stand up against a company which is supported by powerful public figures in Greece. Meanwhile, just 500 kilometers north of Athens, a second journalist is being sued who needs our attention. In Thelasoniki, Estrabula Pulimeni is facing a lawsuit from another high-level executive. This time, the company behind is a Canadian multinational gold mining company. Last but not least, on an island in the northeastern Aegean, the journalist Yanis Stevis prepares with his lawyer hundreds of documents to present to the judge. As all the previous cases, Yanis is also defending himself. From whom? His legal battle is against the administrator of the local public hospital. Three journalists are being sued. What did they do? One may wonder. They were investigating and publishing journalistic reports which annoyed companies, high-level executives and political figures. In journalistic jargon, Thodoris Hronoyanos, Estabrula Pulimeni, and Yanis Stevis are journalists who have been slapped, or, in other words, who have been confronted with the slap phenomenon, short for a strategic lawsuit against public participation. This is 108, a podcast series inquiring the fall of press freedom in Greece. Episode 6, Slapped. Journalists Against Strategic Lawsuits Let's start from the very beginning. In 1996, law and sociology professors George W. Pring and Penelope Yanand published a book with a completely unknown word in its title. 
The book was called Slaps, Getting Sued for Speaking Out. The new word was indeed the term SLAP, an acronym for Strategic Lawsuit Against Public Participation, meaning strategic lawsuits aimed at blocking public criticism. Vavis Kurundis is a lawyer and a lecturer in constitutional law who has published articles on SLAP cases. He explains to us what SLAP means in practice. The logic of SLAPs is the following. It's a manifestly baseless lawsuit and it's done to intimidate. That is, it's not done to actually win, but to annoy the journalist, precisely because he has no financial resources. The journalist will be dragged into a process, a legal mess, where he or she will have to pay a lot of money while the company won't have any problem to do so even if the company loses at the courts, or even if it pays one, two, three or five thousands of euros for lawyers or legal proceedings. This is how slap normally works. Like again to the temple. This is how an American judge described the slaps in George W. Pring and Penelope Yanan's book. Kurundis explains that these cases against journalists are not ordinary lawsuits. The trials we are talking about do not come from a citizen or even a politician or a company who feels slandered by something written in the media and exercises an unquestionable right to seek justice in good faith. On the contrary, there is often an obvious inequality of power between the parties, with litigants demanding astronomical amounts of money. The outcome is a sort of legal bullying to block freedom of expression and the right to information. Unfortunately, the term slap is no longer unknown to journalists, as the number of lawsuits is increasing alarmingly across Europe. Experts in the field are talking about a phenomenon. One of these experts is a lawyer and academic There has been an increase in this phenomenon in Europe. Daphne Galicia had 47 defamation cases pending against her when she died. In America, many states have anti-slapping legislation, as they're called. Now, Europe is coming to follow what America has been doing for many years. Slaps are lawsuits that seek to muzzle our... The European Union is trying to put in place specific measures. An EU directive has been in the making since April 2022, when the European Parliament submitted a set of proposals to protect journalists from strategic lawsuits against public participation. Today, it's still only a proposal. Well, this directive will require member states to provide a procedural way to dismiss these lawsuits at an early stage, so that the defendant journalist is not financially and morally exhausted. Meanwhile, no EU country has targeted laws against slaps. In Greece, for instance, the term slap does not exist in Greek law, so criteria need to be crystallized through case law and literature. For example, if the claim is for an exorbitant compensation payment, or if the claimant, usually a political person, has brought both a civil action and a criminal law complaint, 
or if he or she has pursued this action in another court of the European Union, arguing that because it is a publication published on the internet, it can be accessed anywhere. Well, this is called court agitation or forum shopping. It is the most serious indication of slap. Also a good example, if it seems to be a manifestly unfounded action and the claimant is trying by adjournments and so on to make it difficult for the defendant. Such indications will be used by a court to say that this is an abusive claim which will potentially lead to its early dismissal. So that is the aim of all of this. Try to get these lawsuits dismissed at an early stage, not to try to get to to be tried on the merits. In this episode, we will present three cases against Greek journalists that match the SLAP criteria, although at court the opposing sides refuse the term. Most of the cases we will dig into have already been heard by the Greek justice, and final decisions are pending. Luckily, at least one of these stories will have a happy ending by the time you listen to this podcast. In February 2020, the Greek journalist Thodoris Chronoyanos received an out-of-court letter immediately after the publication of one of his articles. Thodoris released an investigation report on the InsideStory.gr about a company Adapodotiki Anakiklosi, which translated into English is rewarding packaging recycling. The company asked for the story to be removed. Watch out! Not to change or correct something or add a company judgment, but to permanently remove the text from the internet. Back then, we did an investigation based on leaked documents, public documents describing failures in the company's recycling. In terms of its goals, it's basically said that many of the company's goals were not being met in recycling. Prior to the publication, I should say this, we had asked the company about all the things mentioned in the documents. So when I contacted the representative, the lawyer who represented Anta Podotiki, I said, look, I sent you the publication updated with the claims of the out-of-court later, with the out-of-court later itself, with the document, and so on. And I said, what else can we do? What else can we do for you to express your views? And he told me that his client wants the piece to go down, that is, the piece not to exist. In my estimation, there is an element here of an attempt to not express the truth, meaning, obviously, the other person has a reasonable interest and right to want to express his opinion. And we have an obligation to incorporate it in whatever way sends it to us. However, to take down a piece, which is not in our estimation, libelous, I think is not right. So we did not take the piece down. After the recycling company failed to silence the journalist, the out-of-court letter turned into a lawsuit in which recording packaging recycling was demanding 80,000 euros for damages to Chronoyanos and Inside Story. It was a mistake because people need to be informed about recycling. It is an environmental issue. 
we have a terrible problem with landfills in Greece. The circular economy and environmental protection are among the very serious issues. People have a legitimate interest in knowing about a matter of public interest, which is why I think it was a mistake to handle it in this way. It took two and a half years after receiving the lawsuit to go to trial. Two and a half years with severe emotional and financial consequences for Thoderis. Lawsuits have de facto, whether the other person has a malicious motive to silence you or not, they have two basic consequences. The first is to eat you, especially for the small independent media, with two things that we don't have in abundance, time and money. And time is also important. We often think about money, lawsuits or court costs, but it's also about time. I remember that to prepare the defense with the inside story team and the lawyer who helped us, it took us just as long as it took me to do the investigation. But the second type of consequence can be even more harmful. The second part is psychological. It immediately puts you on the defensive. When you go to court, it's a little bit, you feel somewhere, you feel defensive. You feel like you're going into a battlefield that's not exactly journalistic. Obviously, there's anxiety because you don't know what the outcome is going to be, even if you think you're 100% right. The case of rewarding packaging, recycling, I was saying to myself, obviously, I think we're right. But let's wait and see. It's weird because you get up early and you feel psychologically vulnerable. You go into an uncomfortable environment and we don't discuss our daily lives in court. And you try to convince the judge that you are right. On the 29th of September 2022, the court vindicated 100% Chronoyano's report by dismissing the lawsuit of rewarding packaging recycling. And this was certainly a major victory for the journalist and his sources. Just a few weeks earlier, on the 22nd of August, though, Thoderis got an unpleasant surprise. He was sued anew by a very powerful member of the government, Grigoris Dimitriadis, the closest associate and nephew of the Greek Prime Minister. This lawsuit It's about the big scandal of illegal phone tapping of journalists and politicians that broke in Greece. Grigoris Dimitriadis, who was general secretary of the prime minister's office, resigned. Hondroyanos and his associate, Nicolas Leodopoulos, investigated Dimitriadis' possible connection to companies selling the illegal Predator civilian software. Because of this report, they are facing a lawsuit of 150,000 euros. Dimitriadis, who is a lawyer by profession, has also failed lawsuits against other journalists and media outlets that together amount to more than half a million euros. We sought to talk to him, but he preferred to answer us in writing the following. I consider it self-evident that every citizen has the right to seek protection from the justice system in case his honor and reputation is attacked. This is the only statement I can make about your investigation. This case is now pending in the Greek courts. 
Estabrula Pulimeni works as a journalist at the independent cooperative media alterces.gr. This website is one of the few local media left in Thessaloniki, Greece's second largest city, which brings to Greek readers first-hand reporting from the north. In recent years, Estabrula has been focusing on a major environmental issue affecting the Halkiriki region, which has been gold mining by the company Hellas Gold, a subsidiary of the Canadian multinational Eldorado Gold. Estabrula Pulimeni has been investigating and writing about this company's activities, the consequences of mining on the environment and public health. She gives a voice to the residents who oppose it. So one of those reports led Estabrula to face a lawsuit. If convicted, she will have to pay, together with Alterfest.gr, a hundred thousand euros for damages to a high-level executive of Hellas Gold. This is Pulimeni telling us how her story unfolded. In October 2021, we were sued by a high-ranking executive of Hellas Gold, Eftatios Lialios, based on a report that we published in October 2020. The report was about his and another high-ranking executive's conviction in the first degree for polluting the waters of northeastern Halkidiki. This lawsuit seeks 100,000 euros in damages, We would say that the report was a dry report. In other words, it had no commentary. It reported the subjects of the lawsuit and the history of this case, which we must remember started as early as 2015, following complaints from citizens and the then administration of the municipality of Aristotle about violations of environmental legislation on the part of Hellas Gold. It's a report of a trial that was public and was about the matter of public interest, because the environment is predominantly a matter of public interest. Estacios Lialios and another executive of Hellas Gold were convicted in the first degree for violations of environmental legislation. This criminal trial was open to the public, and among those watching was the journalist. Estabrula Pulimeni. Pulimeni followed the veredict and wrote an article which included the names of those convicted in the first degree. And then the lawsuit came. The businessman Lialios considered that the publication of his name constitute unlawful processing of his personal data and offended him personally. So here we have, on the one hand, a public criminal trial the conviction of the defendants for an environmental disaster and a journalist writing about it, exercising freedom of the press and freedom of information for citizens. And on the other hand, we have the protection of personal data and the personality of the individual. What happens when these two rights conflict? 
Babis Curiondis, a lawyer and lecturer in constitutional law who has written in the press about the case, answered a question for us. There are conflicting legal interests because a conviction is, obviously, a personal matter. On the other hand, however, as has been provided for in legislation at both national and EU level, and I would say correctly so, the freedom of information also exists, meaning the freedom to find out, as citizens, what is happening in cases of general and public interest, something which was obviously the case in this particular instance, must be weighed up against privacy. In this balancing exercise, it is obvious that freedom of information, precisely because the matter is of wider and public interest, takes precedence over the personal data of a convicted person concerning his or her criminal conviction. What you have heard is the opinion of an expert who has studied the law on the Data Protection Authority. In the meantime, the court ruling on Pulimeni's case is pending, and we have to wait for the judicial decision. On the 19th of May 2022, Lialio's lawsuit against Pulimeni was heard. People from the local community and movements for the protection of the environment were actively present outside the courtroom to support the journalist and her media. Meanwhile, the two executives of Hellas Gold were also convicted in the Court of Appeal for the environmental disaster. But after the request, which was accepted by the Supreme Court, the trial in the Court of Appeal was repeated with a different composition. And so, on the 26th of May 2022, they were finally acquitted. We also contacted the lawyer of Estacios Lialios in order to include their position, but due to the fact that the court decision is pending, the lawyer did not want to comment. Caius is an island in the northeast of Greece. This is where Yanis Estevis, after almost 50 years in journalism, decided to go back to. It's his place of origin. Stevis, who retired, came back to open a local media outlet, astraparis.gr. Stevis is currently facing two lawsuits from the hospital administrator in Caius, Eleni Kandaraki. He risks being ordered to pay a fine of 200,000 euros. The lawsuits came after a series of reports Stevis local media astraparis.gr published. These articles dealt with issues related to the management of the coronavirus pandemic at the Sky Litsio Public Hospital, a patient bullying incident, general financial management, and more. On top, Stevis also risks facing a criminal prosecution for slander, which is punishable by prison sentence of three months to five years and a fine. We called Stevis on the phone to talk about his own legal adventure. 
The freedom of the press. This is the real and essential object in this whole process. And why do I say that? Because everything we have written about has been written about by other media too. But the choice has been made to target this particular media, me, personally, because we exercise control and we criticize. The case starts because of the audits that are being done by astraparis.gr on hospital financial management issues. And when we say financial management, we don't imply small transactions. Indeed, the type of expeditors Stevis has analyzed come close to 1 million euros. Local media organizations, which are usually not given much attention to and supported in Greece, are doing something that no one else can do. Namely, they investigate and publish reports on issues that are geographically remote, but which may be of European political and humanitarian significance, such as the refugee issue, or at least they deal with news and topics of national importance, such as, and we saw it in this episode, the environment or the use of taxpayers' public money. This last topic was mainly what Stevis wanted to check and investigate. So, coming back to the issue of how the hospital's money was spent on cleaning services. At the moment, it has been proven through the hospital's own figures, not ours, that the hospital has paid 942,000 euros. It is an amount in the order of, let's say, twice as much as it would have paid for the employees of the hospital. So if employees with fixed-term contracts would have been kept for this task. So this is a very serious subject and it is literally a waste of public money. We asked Stevis whether the documents used to analyze this data were of public domain. Of course, they are published. These are decisions approved by the board of directors. These are public documents. They are published on the web. Of course, all of them. And that's the rule. We called the lawyer of Stevis, Kostas Papadakis, to explain to us what exactly is the accusation against the journalist. The subject of the trial was, therefore, whether these publications, which in fact offended the administrator because they criticized her actions, were false. Whether they were false, whether the falsehood was known to the author of the publications and whether he intended to insult her honor and reputation by choosing to publish them. As in all previous cases, we looked for the other part of this story. This time, we obtained a response. Petros Tsadilas, the lawyer of the hospital administrator, agreed to talk to us. Again, given that the sentence in the first degree is pending, understandably, no one wanted to make judgments or replicate the trial that had taken place. So we simply ask Mr. Sadilas if the public hospital is involved in the lawsuit legally or financially. The lawsuit was clearly brought by Mrs. Kantaraki in her capacity as administrator. And as she has stated herself, but I convey this as her own statement, 
that all the money of any damages awarded will be allocated to hospital to serve its purposes. We also asked how the amount of decompensation was decided. By what criteria were 200,000 euros required in the context of two losses against the journalist? The amount is proportional in all cases. I'm not only talking about this one. According to the provisions of the law, it is determined according to various criteria, depending on the size of the offense, depending on the number of publication and intensity of the offense they caused, but other criteria are also taken into account, such as the social status of the person, the personality of the person who was offended by the impact of each offensive publication. In particular, the number of people who were offended by the publication is relevant. There are, therefore, various criteria that determine the final number. The court will ultimately decide whether there was an offence and how great it was. Astraparis is a local media which cannot afford to employ more than three people. As with the cases of Jondroyanos and Pulimeni that we heard earlier, there seems to be an imbalance of powers between parties involved in the process. On the one hand, we have media organizations with limited human and financial resources far from the standards of the mainstream media groups. On the other hand, we have people in positions of power and companies with legal departments, strong circles and with a turnover of quite a few zeros. We are very small media, too small of a media, not only. We are actually excluded from advertising. That is, the war is all out on us. That is, we went from the little advertising we might have found to even less so. And advertising has decreased because there are entanglements of people who manage financially and politically the region of Kiev. We don't even have the luxury of time to deal with the courts, to go back and forth to the courts every day now that we have the luxury of paying for the expenses of the courts, it's obvious that we don't have the ability and resources to pay for lawyers and so on. The costs are just huge, morally and financially, such that no journalist can afford them. None. By now, you are aware of several cases of journalists who have had to leave investigative journalism for a while to meet lawyers and attend court to back the validity of their investigations and sources. These journalists are united by the belief that slaps and its aggressive nature towards freedom of speech and citizens' right to information are a common concern for the future. These journalists are even united by their concerned independent media need morale and financial support to overcome the hurdle of lawsuits. And to do journalism, only that. The following words of the veteran journalist Yanis Estevis, which we will leave you with, we think summarize the position of all journalists in Greece and beyond. None of us are heroes, and none of us want to be heroes. I never had any aspirations to be a hero. I don't want to. Obviously, all of this bears a moral footprint, 
that overwhelms me. I can't say that I don't worry about all of this. Me and my family running to court day in, day out. We, journalists, are not in the mood to become the news. We want to do our job as prescribed by the code of ethics of journalism, by the principle of the freedom of the press, by what demands society, by what citizens expect from us. That's what we want to do. 108 is a co-production between the Greek independent media, The Press Project, and the podcast production agency, Bull Media. The podcast series is part of the Europod Podcast Network. Europod's mission is to create a public sphere for producers of quality information from all European countries to share their stories and perspectives. 108 was produced in the context of the Sfera project. Sfera is the first network of independent media in Europe which aims to reinvent the media space and paint a new picture of Europe through impactful, unbiased, raw and authentic stories. This podcast show is also available in its original language, in Greek. The producer of 108 is Antoine Leroux. The executive producers are Konstantinos Poulis and Alexander Damiano Ricci. A script writing is by Jenny Tsiropoulou. Editing by Maria Dios and Alexander Damiano Ricci. Interviews by Jenny Tsiropoulou and Konstantinos Pouli. Sound designed by Thomas Kurzberg. Editing and mixing by Thomas Kurzberg and Jeremy Bouquet. Dubbing in English language by Bianca Wintercourt, Antoine Leroy, Elliot Dickinson, Gail Rego, Thomas Kurzberg, Jeremy Bouquet, Alexander Damiano Ricci and Maria Dios. Voice actors for the Greek version are Maria Plota, Georgios Spirakis, and Alexandra Tsafara. The Greek version's hosts are Jenny Siropoulou and Konstantinos Poulis. The English version's hosts are Maria Dios and Alexander Damiano Ricci. Do you want to hear more podcasts that get to the bottom of things that stand out in the ambient noise? Join Europod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our newsletter. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Discover our brand new website at www.europod.eu and join us in our fight. Europod. Clear the noise. Start to listen.